Are we good? Okay. Hello, this is Doctor Barbara Kiel. Actually, a lot of my clients prefer to call me Doctor Bibi, and I quite like it, to be honest, because I think there is a ring to it, Doctor Bibi. Don't you think? Anyways, you are listening to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast which will show you how easy it is to be honest. What? You don't believe me? Well, stick around and let me give you the tools and knowledge. Hello, everyone. This is Doctor BB, and welcome to my podcast. To be honest. Today we are going to continue with emotional literacy、uh, part two, and before I do that, let us set the energy of this episode together. So you may wish to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes. Unless you are driving or operating heavy machinery, take a deep breath in. Hold it for five seconds, and let it out with a sigh. Now let your thoughts go. Let your past go. Take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. Hold it for five seconds, and let it out with a big sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Okay. So last week I. Did not mention one thing that is quite important, so I'm going to、uh, mention it now. Is that we are not our thoughts. So when we are not our thoughts or feelings, it is important that we do not say "I am angry," "I am overwhelmed." I am sad. Now words have energy and is very powerful. Particularly when we say anything that is right after "I am," because it's like identifying yourself as your feelings when you say "I am sad." No, you are not. You are feeling sad. You feel sad. These are your feelings, but they—they they are not your identity. 
So please remember, my dear audience. Practice. Do not say I am angry. I am sad. I am pain. I am depressed. You are experiencing those uncomfortable feelings. Yes, you are feeling those feelings, but your feelings—they are not your identity. All right. Okay. So, in the last episode, I ended by mentioning the three M's, and I'll pick it up from there. When people. Cannot express their feelings. They typically are either too proud, too stubborn, too scared, or feel too unworthy to share their feelings. Or, of course, they lack of the vocabulary as well. They desperately need to be connected with others, but they will not allow others to get close to them. So these people obviously、um, they are also afraid of intimacy. They effectively push people away by withholding their true feelings, and therefore there will not be any connection and any deep, meaningful. Loving relationship that they so desperately want, and not realizing、um, that the way that they are behaving,、uh, the way that they are thinking and interpreting the messages that lead them to sabotage their relationships. So what I'm saying here is that they are literally pushing people away. I also mentioned that because a lot of us are not skilled or being taught at directly expressing our feelings, particularly、uh, men, or in some cultures, it's not cool to talk about your feelings or feel them. So therefore, we often use indirect communication of our emotions, such as by using examples. Figures of speech and nonverbal communication. So let me give you some examples of how we communicate indirectly. We often use sentences that begin with "I feel like." Maybe the most common form of communicating our feelings. So the literal result is that we often feel like labels. For example, I feel like an idiot. I feel like a baby. I feel like a loser. I feel like a failure. You get the picture. So we are basically labeling ourselves. And not clearly and directly expressing our feelings, we also typically use lots of expressions which put ourselves down. So these negative labels certainly don't help us feel any better 
about ourselves. In fact, um, by mentally branding us, they make it more likely we will repeat the exact kinds of actions which caused our feelings. So let me give you another example of how we start a sentence. Um, something like, oh, I feel like, and then you mention a thought, such as, I feel like you are crazy. I feel like it was wrong. I feel like you did the wrong thing by me. I feel like he's going to win. I feel like you are angry at me. Right? So we have all been there. We have all used these sentences. And as a matter of fact, I recall a conversation where I asked someone how she felt about something. And she said, I feel like you shouldn't have done that. At another point, when I asked about her feelings, she said, well, I, I don't want to get into all of that. So, my audience, such a lack of emotional literacy and emotional honesty makes it difficult to have a healthy relationship, even a friendship or a working relationship. Mind you, if it is working, I mean the relationship, it is not a deep, meaningful relationship. It's very superficial. And another example is we use behaviors, so such as, I feel like eating ice cream. So when we are expressing our feelings in the form of a behavior, again, these are unclear and indirect. They may be graphic and entertaining, but they are usually exaggerations and distortions which don't help us focus on our true feelings. So here are some more examples. I feel like strangling him. I feel like shooting him. I feel like wringing his neck. I feel like telling her off. I feel like teaching him a lesson. I feel like filing for divorce. I feel like dumping him. I feel like quitting. I feel like giving up. And I feel like jumping off a cliff. So my audience... I want to emphasize and make it clear to you that when people use such expressions, feel like a behavior, an action, an act, they are not in touch with their feelings. They may be acting out their lives as they think others would, rather than acting as unique individuals. Or 
they simply imagine themselves taking action rather than actually using their emotions to motivate them to take appropriate action. I can think of two times when my friend was giving a talk. And someone in the audience was clearly feeling skeptical. So instead of saying they felt skeptical on both occasions, the person was asking my friend questions to try to lower her credibility. In one case, my friend said, "I will answer your question." But first, I will ask you to tell me how you are feeling. This immediately helped the audience focus on the person asking the question, thereby taking the pressure off of my friend. It also helped the audience see that the person was feeling a little hostile, which helped. The audience feel more empathy for my friend, and it helped my friend realize that this particular person was the one with the problem, so to speak, and it's not her. This helped her feel less defensive, more in control, and more secure. My friend even felt some compassion. For him, as he tried explain how he was feeling and why, I said there are two occasions, right? So in the other case, my friend said to the person, "Hey, it sounds like you are feeling a little skeptical. Is that fair to say?" He answered, "Yes," and it was fair to say. So, my audience, I hope you see that just by correctly identifying his feelings helped him feel more relaxed. Something which my friend could see by his facial expression and body language. And my friend told him that she could understand. That he would have reason to feel skeptical, and she asked him to just try to have an open mind while she finishes her talk. He agreed to this and ended up being a helpful participant for the remainder of her talk. With the examples that I just gave you. I hope you realize that there is some psychological power in naming what is happening. When one person is attacking another with words, and the victim does not really know what is going on, the attacker has even more psychological power. But as soon as the victim correctly identifies what is happening. The attacker loses some psychological advantage, and the victim somehow feels more secure. Now, this is evidently because the mind has a need to know what is happening.
especially when there is danger. Once the danger is identified, it can be addressed. Also, there is a fear of the unknown, which is removed when the feelings are named. So, just by naming the other person's feeling seems to have a disarming or a demasking value. Naming a feeling can be used as a form of counterattack, or it can be used as a form of understanding and agreement. It all depends on how the technique is used, really. So the ability to identify and name feelings is a form of power, my dear audience. Please remember that. And like all power, it can be used to hurt or help. So here are my final examples. One can say, "Stop doing that! You are going to fall." Versus. I feel afraid. Please stop. You may fall. Or, hurry up. We are going to miss the train. Versus, I feel afraid that we are going to miss the train if you don't hurry up. So, my audience, I hope I have managed to show you the importance of developing your emotional literacy and be conscious. When the next time you communicate with a dear friend, colleague, or loved ones, so if you have further questions about how to express feelings, feel free to email me and give me your feedback. So on that note, I thank you. I appreciate you. And until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be honest in expressing your feelings. Bye for now. Find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O dot com.